Episode 3. My name is Mitchell Tierney. I'm an author, comic book collector, vintage toy collector, and game player. I'm Jason Kotzigang. I'm a game designer, and um, I make my own sauerkraut sometimes. Sauerkraut, yeah, I've yeah. tasted that. And your own... Um, pickles. Uh, pickles. Yeah. And mead. Mead, is what I was yeah. going to say moonshine, but it's not... It's not moonshine. It's it won't send you blind. At all. It will get you drunk, though. Yeah, it will. <laughs> I was going to say that I was going to be... Uh, a game designer as well, because I am working on something at the moment. Oh. Yeah, but I don't want to share it yet. I want to work on it a little bit more till I have the basics down. But, um, yeah, I did think about it at work, and I'll be making a lot of notes on it. It's just the mechanic of it I have to try and iron out. I think that might be the hard part. The Well, it's, it's easy to get going. The hard part is making sure it's great. It's all the development. That's what takes time. Uh, the initial idea takes none. Yeah. It's like writing a book. Well, <laughs> yeah, it... it I need to figure out, like, I've got the idea, and it sounds cool, and it sounds like people want to play it, but I want people to come back and play it again and go, okay, I know how to play it. Basically, next time I might do this instead of that. And it's got to have that gamble kind of factor as well, which when I've tried to design a game in the past, that wasn't there, and there's no real point kind of. Anyway, yeah, so we're up to um, episode three of Tabletop. It's yes, pretty, pretty one, exciting. two, three. One, two, three, yeah, we're definitely uh, on our way. Um, so I just want to, this pod is, we're going to call it Mega Battle. That's what we're going to call it. Mega Battle, part one. In a two-part series. Two-part series, yep. But we're not going to say what part two is yet. It'll be a surprise. It will be a surprise, but we will say what part one is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's, do you uh, want to do let's, that? Let's get going. Okay. So we're, we're doing Kaiju, or Big Fucking Lizards? <laughs> Daikaiju. Oh, yeah, big lizards, or um, I think the translation is strange creatures. But um, that that encompasses a lot, like, strange creatures. Mm-hmm. But I think what they mean is, like, like massive, huh. like, big, big. Yeah. So before we, before we get deep, deeper, any, any deeper into this, mm-hmm. we're going to put a little spoiler warning. Yep. We're talking about kaiju. We are going to talk about the Godzilla movie. So if you haven't seen it yet and you want to see it, we recommend you probably skip this podcast. We'll let you know once we get up to it again. Yeah, but there, can... there is going to be spoilers. We can't talk about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you should have seen it by now if you're a kaiju fan. And we're talking about the 2014 Godzilla, not the the 99, two th- the 99 yeah, Godzilla. Right. I, I think it's 98, 97, 90, whatever. Yeah, yeah, with Matthew Broderick. We're not yeah. going to talk about that one. Oh, we might, we might mention we might. it. <laughs> yeah. if, if, you ha- if you haven't seen that, don't bother about it. No, I was, I was going to go back and watch it. Because mm-hmm. there's been a lot of um, similarities between that one and the new one. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't get around to it, nor do I really want to watch it. But um, just dedicate this pod to H.R. Geiger, who passed away recently. He was the kind of like the king of the monster art. Well, the, the, the king of weird monster weird, art. Weird, yeah. Very, very sexual. Very, very graphic. Mm. But um, I would say his he did create a lot of kaiju big monsters. If you go back and watch Alien or Aliens... There's the Queen, and there's um. Did he do Alien and Aliens? He created the the Alien mm-hmm. that they used in Aliens, and then they just used it throughout the whole lot. Okay, I think he did the Queen Alien, which was quite large. Um, yeah. So we're talking about uh, kaiju. Last episode we did um, zombies, and that went for 
a long time. Yeah, that went for nearly two hours. I, I did write down I was going to apologize for that, but zombies is such a, a vast... And we might have to go back. We would have to go back. Zombies are very slow and lumbering, so podcasts have to reflect that. But this time we're doing Godzilla, mm. Kaiju, even though they're a little bit slow and lumbering, they also knock down buildings pretty quick. So we're going to get this done. Yeah, we'll get it done quickly. We might come back to it another time. Um, so, yeah, as, as Jason said, so examples of Kaiju are Godzilla, King Kong, Rodan, Mothra, so the whole Japanese kaiju films that came out in the 30s, 40s. I think most of them were post-World War II. Yes, they... Because Godzilla, Godzilla is born from radioactive energy somehow? Ra- yep, yep. So the, the Hiroshima nuclear sort of bombing was a result of them trying to kill Godzilla in one movie or they, it created Godzilla in another movie because of the lizards that kind of lived in that area. And he's sort of like diamond scales on his back, the ones that stick out, I suppose, to represent scars that the people who lived in that area got from being in the safe zone, which they aren't. They weren't actually in the safe zone. They still got hit by the nuclear sort of fallout of it. And King Kong is a little bit before Godzilla. King Kong was, yep. So I think he was stop motion at the very beginning. I can't I can't recall, I'll have to look into it. I mean Kaiju has also been used in a lot of adverts. They're they're a big, you know, pop culture thing. Yeah, the Michelin Man. I saw a guy today with a Michelin Man t shirt, which I I took as a sign. But that's from Ghostbusters, that's not an advert. Is Mich- it? No, Ghostbusters is Marshmallow Man. Oh. Not the Michelin Man. Is the Michelin Man also uh Kaiju? I thought you had written in the email that it was. Oh, I think I may have got confused between uh, the two things. Okay, so Michelin Man is made up of Tires. Okay, yeah, like, sure. A lot of round tires, but he is white and no tires are white, but he stands on the big signs, he's very big, and in the ads he was quite large. So I took that. I'm like, wow, good pickup. And I've tried to look for um Kaiju in adverts, but I just can't find any more. Okay. So Mission of Man was it. Let's get going. Okay. So a lot of Kaiju in pop culture, as we mentioned, uh, Marshmallow Man and Ghostbusters. And the Zelo Beast in the uh, Clone Wars, which I haven't seen, but Zelo, Godzilla, I think it's sort of like a direct rip off that. Yeah, well, Godzilla is a massive kind of landmark in pop culture, so it's something that you, you go back to and that lots of different things reference. Yeah, I mean, um, Kaiju in English terms, maybe looking at the old Hollywood movies as Frankenstein, vampires, werewolves, mummies, and zombies, all sort of, they're all kind of like strange creatures if you translate it directly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just focused on the big ones, right? We're, we're, we are focusing on the big Godzilla, King Kong mm-hmm. style. And mainly mainly just Godzilla, because he's, he's like the big guy. The king of monsters, that's right. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, so how many Godzilla movies are there, Mitch? I had to look this up, and there are 33 Godzilla movies. I was going to write them down and read them all out, but they would have taken most of the pot up. I mean, we've got... We had Godzilla vs. King Kong with 1963, and I happened to get a copy of that and watched it the other week, and I really, really enjoyed it. I I, I loved it. it. It not only had Godzilla and King Kong in it, it also had a giant octopus that um, fights with King Kong when he's on the island, and he kind of picks it up. And King Kong is a man in a suit, and this giant octopus is sort of like on a blue screen or a green screen. 
And when he picks it up, you can clearly see, I mean, it was made a long time ago, that it's a toy and he's wrestling with it and he's putting on his head like a hat and it uses his charge or something to get rid of it. Um, and then they a submarine crashes into an iceberg, frees Godzilla. Godzilla wants to come home to Japan. They try and lure King Kong to fight him and get rid of him. And King Kong just ends up throwing a lot of boulders at Godzilla. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Well, I think I think King Kong was supposed to be the good guy in this one because they didn't want Godzilla to wreck the city again. So Godzilla is kind of a dick. Yeah, he um in the new movie, I think they kind of swap it around, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um they did do a Godzilla animated series. I think it ran for one or two in the early 2000s. I was supposed to get a hand on my hand on that, but yeah, that that was yeah. based on the 2000s Godzilla movie. 2000s. Yep, so we both saw the Godzilla movie. We did. Yep, and what did you think of it? Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> I I didn't have high expectations for it. Neither did I. It looked good. Mm-hmm. The Godzilla itself looked a bit better than the 99 Matthew Broderick Godzilla. And I was kind of keen to... Um, see it smashing buildings and walking through Tokyo and damaging stuff. And uh, we we should say once again spoilers. Yeah. So if you want to fast forward a couple minutes now, I'll, I'll I'll put I'll put the time in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. So in the movie, they they've got some sort of giant egg sack which they've been keeping near Hiroshima, I think, near the Japanese fallout area. And when I watched it, I thought Godzilla was in that, but when it came out. It wasn't Godzilla. It was a, a Motu. A Mewtwo. Mewtwo. A Mewtwo. The the crazy um, Pokemon. So the massive, unidentified terrestrial terrestrial object. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Maybe organism. Organism. Maybe. Yeah. So I thought it was Mothra. It was not Mothra. It was a, a unspecified thing. So it's something that the American writers have created. I believe so. Okay. So did it fly? One of them flew. Didn't yeah, it? one of them. One, one of them was a flying one. That was the the man. Man, yep. the man had the wings, the and the lady was huge. The lady was huge, um, and she carried egg sacks, which I think she was trying to find a place to lay them mm-hmm. or something. So the the basic plot of the movie is that we we start in Japan. Apparently, there was a little clause in the licensing which said that a the Godzilla movie had to be set in Japan for the Americans to be able to take the Godzilla license, and B, it had to have nuclear themes. So we start off in Japan, and then there's some stuff that happens for a while, and it takes around half an hour. If you want to see fighting monsters, fast forward through the first half an hour. (laughs) And then there's these big bug things. Yeah. And they're heading towards San Francisco for no reasons. I don't... Yeah, they had to eat these nuclear... But they were, Cylinders yeah. to live or something. Well, they, they're going towards San Francisco for some reason. Yeah. And then Godzilla wake up and he's like, I want to fight guys because that's what Godzilla does. Yeah. And all the Japanese guy, well, the Japan, the main Japanese guy who's like been studying Godzilla and has a secret organization, he just really wants to see Godzilla fight the whole movie. Mm. And the Americans want to bomb things and just blow things up and the Japanese guy's just like, let them fight. Let them fight. And fight they did. They did. It was pretty good. I... Oh, I wanted to see Godzilla more, but 
I really didn't think he was in it enough. It was more like Brian Cranston and his son in that sort of storyline where they lived in mm-hmm. Japan. They got separated. His wife dies. He feels guilty. It's fast forward 15 years. He's still in Japan trying to figure out where he went wrong or what went wrong. I didn't find the story very good. I didn't really care about those characters. I didn't care about him getting back to his wife. You just wanted to see Godzilla fight things. I, I was there to see Godzilla smashing over buildings and seeing how they're going to get rid of him. And I had two motus, as we said, the male and the female, and that kind of made it a bit more interesting because I didn't know that. I didn't know they were in it. And they did hint that of Mothra, mm-hmm. there's a scene where there's like a little um, eco like a glass fish box. tank thing. And if you look, it's only up for a couple of seconds. Two words, like two posters have fallen together and they make the word Mothra. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, Mothra is obviously going to be in it. But it wasn't really Mothra. Unless they're hinting at a sequel. That's what I think's happening. I didn't stay till after the credits to find out. I don't know if anyone did. Um, I didn't stay. I stayed stayed after X-Men credits and was a little bit disappointed. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I stayed for one after credits for Captain America 2. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, sweet. And I got up and left, and I heard there's a second one. Oh, those bastards. Yeah, so now I have to stay for like half an hour after a movie finishes in order to get... (sighs) Yeah, well, Godzilla has also been in um, comic books as well. He's faced the the Avengers in a Godzilla King of Monsters comic issue 23 that came out in 1979, the year I was born. So Godzilla's been through almost every medium. (laughs) And he just keeps getting rehashed and rehashed. And what we should say is that, like, the Godzilla in the latest Godzilla movie, it is a bit of a reaction to the 99. We should have actually looked up the date so we stopped saying random dates around. I think it's 99. In the 96 to 2001 movie, <laughs> uh, Godzilla. Because the God- Godzilla in the earlier movie, he looks very different. He looks more like a T-Rex in yep. that he's got, like, more of a like a flat back when he's walking. So mm-hmm. he, he runs a little bit faster. He's a bit smaller. He's actually easier to kill. Um, and different the, arms? Yeah, different smaller arms. He, he looks less like a guy could fit into a suit and fight as him. Yep, yep. And the Japanese didn't like that? No. No, um... So they they gave the license to them, and then they saw like the actual like sculpt and the like design of it, and they were pretty much at the point where they either had to tell them to scrap it, yep, or you know go ahead because there was no like small changes they could make to bring it back in line. Okay. So they let them go ahead, mm. and the Godzilla in the earlier movie is brought back into kind of the the wider Japanese Godzilla universe of the thirty three movies. Okay. Um, as Zilla, so they take yep. the god out because they think he's a giant wimp. Okay. And in the the last Japanese Godzilla movie, which I believe is around 2004, yep. which is just Godzilla fighting everyone, mm. um, the the one from the earlier American movie comes in for like two seconds and he gets just like knocked over and killed. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when that was, um, it was coming out, they were keeping the look of Godzilla a secret. Mm-hmm. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting to see it, and I'd show you bits and pieces. And then there was a, there was a big reveal. I don't know if it was on the news or it was on Entertainment Tonight, mm-hmm. some some program, and just waiting to see it. And they showed you. I remember going, "Oh, that's sort of like a um, Komodo dragon, mm. sort of very Komodo dragon based." I think that's that might have been how they explained it in the movie Komodo dragon nuclear. But this this Godzilla two thousand fourteen. Mm. 
He uh, he's got a, a lot closer to the original Japanese yeah. look, and more importantly, he does fight monsters. Fights monsters. Um, he also uses the I don't know, like the ice ray that comes out of his mouth. I think it's atomic breath. Atomic breath. Because in the 1963 one where he versus Godzilla, all his like back fins light up blue. He shoots out blue sort of fire and it explodes. So is it more of a beam then? It looked like more of a beam. I thought it was an ice blast, but it does create fire and explosions. But um, yeah, so he did use that in the movie, which I was pretty impressed about. And it seemed like Godzilla sort of saved the day in the new movie. Got into the water, swam away. Yay, thanks, Godzilla. You yeah. know, the uh, the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge gets destroyed again. I don't know how many times that bridge has to be destroyed. If you're going to have a landmark in a movie, you got to blow it up. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't go the the New York Statue of Liberty. That's kind of been done to death, and it's not that big to begin with. Anyway. Yeah, well, they need to find some more American cities that they can rec- recognizable things. They, they wrecked a few things in Vegas, but... yeah. That's just smaller versions of real things. Vegas is is landlocked, so you have to get the creature into the desert, mm. where San Fran is on the water, and and New I York's guess L A L A is just highways. Where are you going to wreck there? Yeah, L A. There's no landmark marks to make it discernible where in America it is. Which I don't know why you'd really need that. Sound like a plane's going over? Yeah, that's all right. Um. Now, another kaiju TV show that I'd say it came out recently was Attack on Titan. Yeah, and so what we originally talked about was, you know, post-World War II, Godzilla, it's a big fucking lizard. <laughs> and then things started to change as, you know, genres evolve. So they started big fucking lizard, they got big robots to fight the lizard, yep. and Attack on Titan is taking things in a new direction. It was... I, I was selling some of my books at Supernova, Brisbane in February and a lot of people were walking sorry walking past my store kind of dressed in the same thing and I had to ask them like what 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 are you guys dressed as and they said Attack on Titan and I was like I've never heard of it then when I did some research on Kaiju it did mention Attack on Titan so I watched the first three or four episodes and they they kind of live in this city that's surrounded by this big 50 meter wall now over the wall are these 20 to 30 meter giant people. They look like giant babies. Yeah. Big naked babies. Yeah, they don't they don't have any genitalia as far as I can remember. They just and they look a bit dopey. Some of them have a big grin on their face and they kind of like meander around trying to get into this wall. But the walls double their size so they just kind of don't do anything. And I thought, okay. They don't look scary. They don't do anything. What's the show going to be about? Uh there are these guys, I don't know what they're called, but they go outside the wall to try and kill them. And then, like, episode one, a bigger giant baby arrives. With no skin. It's got no skin, it's got smoke coming out of its ears or its face or something, and it can reach over the wall, breaks it, all the giant babies come in. So if you want to check out um, some modern kaiju, i definitely recommend Attack on Titan. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely watch the rest of the series because I, I really enjoy it. Well, I'm glad you like it. I, I got through a couple episodes and then, then I turned it off. <laughs> yeah, the the main guy was too whiny for me. Yeah, he, he was had a bit, too many emotions. Yeah, he's um, something happens to his family at the beginning, and he's trying to get re- redemption. But they fast forward like ten years, and he's still the same sort of whining and just wanting to 
Yeah. Well, the emotion in a lot of Japanese anime is like it's very intense. So it's it's kind of like a weird culture clash. Like you don't see that stuff in like mainstream Western movies or no. anything like that. And yeah, this one just rubbed me slightly the wrong way, and I I stopped caring. You're not going to go back to it? No, no. I think there's about 24 episodes in the first series, and I only go for 24 minutes or 20 minutes, which is quite easy to watch between you know cooking or whatever you do. Um, do you want to talk about the games? Game yeah, reviews? well, so let's let's sum up. Mm-hmm. What do we like about Kaiju? What do we want to see in a Kaiju game? In, what do I want to see in a Kaiju yeah. game? I want to see big creatures. They don't have to be Godzilla-based. I wanted to see them destroy any city. It doesn't have to be Tokyo. Just anything. I want to be able to control maybe how he destroys stuff. That's what I'd like from a kaiju game, because that's what's in the movies, you know, he just destroys stuff. How important is it that the monsters are fighting each other? I'd say very important. More important than destruction? Less important? I would say destruction of property is more of a collateral, it's more collateral damage, so if you are fighting each other, mm-hmm. and that's the point of a game, and you destroy buildings, I think that would be a bonus. Okay. I think fighting another monster would be what I'd look forward to in the game. Okay, well then let's start with King of Tokyo. King of Tokyo. Now we played that, I think last week or the week before. I played it a couple of weeks ago with you, yes. At um, Were we at Go Lounge? Yeah, we were there for the SSRG game that's night. That's right, that's right. Our, our wives do roller derby and we had a game night there. Yep, yep. And um, I'd, I'd only heard of King of Tokyo. I didn't know the mechanic of it. I didn't know what was involved. I had seen... I had walked past someone playing it at Supernova, and we asked them if it was good, and they said, yeah, yeah, it's great. So I'd I'd been looking forward to playing it for a couple months. Now, do you want me to explain how it works? Yep, yep. So King of Tokyo is a game where you somewhat control a giant monster. There's a big robot dragon, there's a cyborg King Kong, there's a giant lizard, there's a a mecha rabbit... And there is a Kraken. 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 I think Kraken. I was the Kraken. Yeah, you may have been the Kraken. Went straight for the Kraken. And every turn, what you do is you roll a big bunch of dice. Mm-hmm. And it works kind of like Yahtzee. You get to roll it once, and then you get to pick them up, however many dice you want. All of them, none of them, one of them. You pick it up, you roll those ones again, and then you get to do that one more time, and then you deal with the final result. So it's six dice? Six dice. You get to roll it three times, but you can pull out the ones you want to keep, like um, energy, the numbers, I think, goes one to three. So, so yeah, the the point of the game is to win, and you win by either getting points, so you get points by getting them on your dice. If you get three of the same number, that happens, so there's a three and a two and a one. If you get three threes, you get three points. If you get three ones, you get one point. You also get an extra point if you roll an extra one. And so you can get points or you can kill everyone else yep and apart from points there's energy energy lets you access special cards which will give you special powers Mm -hmm. there's hearts which let you heal and they also let you evolve if you get the power-up expansion and there is claws claws yep. yeah and claws let you hit things the interesting thing about king of tokyo is that a lot of games you know if you're all fighting each other you actually have to choose who you fight yep but with King of Tokyo, you don't get a choice. There's two locations in the game. There's in Tokyo and out of Tokyo. Yep. 
when you're in Tokyo, you are the cool guy, and everyone wants to hurt you because the longer you stay in Tokyo, the more points you get. Yep. You get one point for going to Tokyo and two points for staying there. Yep. If it's just a four-player game, then only one person can be Tokyo at a time. Mm-hmm. So you go in when you get a claw and you stay in there, and every time you're in Tokyo and you roll a claw, you attack everybody outside. So if you roll two claws, you do two damage to everyone outside. Mm-hmm. But everyone outside of Tokyo just hits you, so you've got lots of damage coming on you. you yeah. got to decide how long you stay there. And so it actually takes away what some people don't like about brawly fighter games, mm. and that's the targeted interaction. That's, okay, I'm going to pick on you, Mitch, yep. and I'm going to keep hitting you until you're dead, mm-hmm. and then you're going to cry because I'm picking on you. Yep, which I do. Yeah. I do cry if I'm being picked on. Um, I... I'd say overall I did like it. I thought it was a bit strange where the board was only, say, maybe 8 or 10 by 10 centimeters, had a picture of Tokyo on it and a round circle, and that's where you put your kaiju. Mm -hmm. And the rest were off the board. I thought maybe they could have incorporated the board a bit bigger and have you sit maybe outside of Tokyo in a a desert or in a crushed town or in water instead of you being off the board. It didn't look like it was involving everyone else because you kind of sat off the board. And um, the dice rolls I really liked. I liked having to be able to roll them three times. I thought that was pretty fun. The dice were pretty big, so if you have small hands, good luck. Yeah, the the dice are huge in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, King of Tokyo was real fun. I was a Kraken. And then we, we played it once, I think. And then we played again with the expansion pack. I don't think we got to... Actually... I tricked you, Mitch. Did you? Both times we played with the expansion pack. It did trick me. The expansion pack, the original game, when you get it, you can't evolve. Yeah. So that those little square cards, you yep. don't get those at all. Oh, okay. Um, and they actually add a lot to the game, because without that, hmm. all your monsters are exactly the same. Yep. And there's also a thing where it's pretty easy to get killed. So if you happen to have bad luck... If, if you get into Tokyo or whether you're outside Tokyo or whatever and a couple of dice rolls don't go your way, you can die within the first 10 minutes. Yep. But what they've done with the expansion is that it actually encourages you to roll more hearts because you evolve when yep. you roll hearts. So you, you do have a character card each. It's got your character on it. It's got two sort of cogwheels that you can turn to count up your points to 20 when you win or take off hearts or put on hearts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you, you, you've got 10 hearts to start with, and every time you get damage, yep. you take off hearts, and every time you heal, you put on hearts. I like the, I like the cog movement um, a lot. It was a bit fiddly. It wouldn't move if you bumped the table or you had mm-hmm. to move places. Like, we, 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 mm-hmm. we did have to move tables. And... and one of the cogs doesn't work in the right direction. <laughs> it, it feels like it goes the wrong way. Yeah, yeah it does. That's right. Um, other than that, we played the expansion pack and I in the second time around I played the pumpkin. Yeah, I forget yeah. what it was called. Yeah, there's pumpkin king. Or there's king of Tokyo. There's yeah. king of Tokyo power up, and there's king of Tokyo Halloween. Halloween. Yep. I just didn't feel like because they had covered most of the kaiju mm-hmm. in the core pack. So this expansion pack, I felt like they were just making kaiju up for the sake of it. I don't know any big huge pumpkin, mm-hmm. and I, like. I don't know, it kind of bothered me a bit, but it probably shouldn't. Yeah, well, it's, it was just, you know, a special thing that you can buy when it's Halloween. Do you know if they're doing any more expansions at all? I imagine they will. It's, yeah. it, it is a very popular game. Yeah. 
Um, it won the Golden Geek, I think, last year for at least one of the categories, or maybe it was just nominated. Yep. But um, it, it's it's a very fun game. There is the slight problem with it where there is player elimination. Yep. And it's pretty good with three players. Yeah. If three players, it seems to work just right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if you get four or more players, what you'll have is that you'll start playing and then people will just start, stop, start dropping out because they're dead. Yep. And then they, you know, walk away and, and do something else. And if you're at a game night, mm. um, it can kind of fracture, fracture up the group a little bit. Yeah. Because you have people drop out one by one. I... So we played it twice, just me and you, mm-hmm. and I thought it was okay, even to the point of not really caring or liking it that much, but both you got you and your wife said that more people, mm-hmm. play more people, it's more, it's better. So I do want to play it again with more people, three or more, and see how we go then. Yeah, it, look, it's, it's one of the games that's, again, a gateway level, yep. and I think it's a really good game that yep. you can play with someone to test how they feel about things because it's really, really luck-based. Yep. So if you play this game with someone and they're like, oh, I don't like I don't like how the right dice decides everything or I don't like how I get knocked out, mm. then that can give you another choice as in when you're picking the next game to play together. Yep. Yep. So the only thing you really choose in it, you'll roll. And if you have two ones, then you kind of feel obligated to go down that path, mm. put those aside and see if you can roll another one or two hearts, and you can choose to leave Tokyo if you want. So I guess there is a bit of choice in it. It is luck-based, and all the all the pictures are very cartoony. They're very... Kids can play it quite easily. Yeah, it, it, it's good, like, if you have, you know, small children or you have friends who have, you know, like a, a 10 to 12-year-old, you can say, oh, you want to play this giant monster game. It's yeah. like an easy sell. Yeah, the the monsters are cardboard and they clip into a plastic base. Which before I knew that, I thought they might be miniatures, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe just plastic Godzillas or plastic. And I was looking forward to that in a more of a three D building setting. Wasn't the case, but that doesn't really matter. I mean, they can't do miniatures for every game. If I wanted to pick on it, what I'd say is that apart from the player elimination, it is a little bit boring when it's not your turn. Yep. Because you can't make any decisions when it's not your turn because it's up to what the dice you get. Mm. And because I, I like to mess around with things, um, I, I did actually sit down one time and start rolling dice and kind of see what was the best way to actually play the game. Okay. And it does seem that what you should do is roll the dice and see, you know, if you get lots of numbers, just follow that down. Yep. If you don't get lots of numbers, then you should start rolling for the individual things. And so I, I did that, and I'm like, okay, so it seems like there's a fairly dominant strategy to this game. Hmm. But then you go back and you play it, and you're like, oh, no, I want to get this thing. Yep. So I, I do think even though there's maybe not a whole amount of, a whole lot of you know choice and strategy there, there is enough to keep you engaged. Hmm. I like to think that you're the, the small, tiny brain inside the monster. <laughs> yeah. You're like the, 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 little, the, the little decidey part of the giant lizard brain. Yep. So you're like, okay, I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to hit this guy and the monster's like oh, I see a thing over here I want to do this I'm going to heal now and then you're like no no I want to hit this guy he's like I don't know what I want to yeah. do now that's definitely how it comes across with decision making do you want to talk about the next game yeah Should so move on to um, Rampage Rampage now I I haven't I've only heard of it when I was researching kaiju games and Rampage came up 
and I was at Mind Games during the week, I think last week or the week before, and I saw it there. It looked very cartoony as well, and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what the board looked like. I didn't know what to do. And my wife told me that you, you build buildings, so I was, I was pretty excited to play it. And we went to Go Lounge this morning, only a couple of hours ago, and we played Rampage, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. Do you want to talk about kind of what to do? Yeah, how sure. So, so how you play the game is that you start off, you open the box, and you build up some build, buildings by putting little meeples down on the ground and then putting a floor on top of them, then more meeples, then floor, mm-hmm. more meeples, floor. I thought that was a pretty interesting way to do it. And then you get your monsters and you go around and you wreck stuff. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to King of Tokyo where it's mainly about fighting, and with King of Tokyo, the other thing which you didn't mention is mm. that it's, yeah, you either defeat all the other monsters or you get points. Yep. And it's a little bit abstract as to what the actual points do. Yeah. Theoretically, it's about, you know, destroying buildings and you get points for that destruction, but it's never really made evident. Okay. Yeah. But with this one, yeah, you you literally knock things down yep. and you do this through moving your things around. You can flick your little monster and he moves. Mm. You can drop it on stuff. You can blow. Mm-hmm. And you literally blow things on the board. Yep. So you blow with your mouth. It's probably the most physical game I've ever played, I mm-hmm. think. Um, so and there's one more thing you do. Yeah. What's the final thing? So you blow... You you flick your token. Oh, and you, you throw drop, cars. And you throw cars. Yeah, right, you you, right. you put a little card on top of your little monster man, and you flick it at other people. So it's set into kind of suburbs or districts. Yeah, neighborhoods. Neighborhoods, and you have a is it wooden or plastic? Sort of like I think uh, I think I, th- I think your monsters are plastic and the meeples heavy. are wooden. Yeah, I yeah. think. So the monsters. They all look the same, they're just different colour, and you get a little round token which you sit on, and that's your feet. So I drew a power card, or a... You you get a power card, a character card, and a super secret power. Yep. The power card gives you something that your monster can do that other monsters can't do. Mm -hmm. So my monster had telekinesis, Yep. so I could pick a car from anywhere on the board, bring it to myself, and then I could throw it at someone. Which was handy for you, because you did that a lot. Yeah. Mine was I could put my my walking feet token on my head, mm-hmm. and I could hold my monster and flick it off. So you were a jumper. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a jumper card, which came in handy because all the buildings are set on a slightly elevated r- uh, rubble sort of pile. So if you flick on a flat surface, it's going to bounce off it, and that happened a lot. So I was able to get past that by flicking it over buildings or places onto buildings where I wanted them to. I really liked it. The fact that when it's your turn and if your feet tokens on a, a footpath, you could pick up your Kaiju, hold it parallel to the table and drop it. So it, it would fall on these buildings and the parts would go everywhere. But sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes they wouldn't <laughs> at all. Or sometimes they would jump meeples going a foot in the air, rolling off the table and you get whatever meeple falls into your kind of neighborhood that's not on a footpath. Yes. Yep. And if the piece of building falls flat, then you get that as well. And there are points added to your score at the end of the game. Yeah. As, a, as opposed to King of Tokyo, where it's like, okay, we're really heading towards this specific end game condition. Mm. With this, it's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm doing stuff. I'm knocking things down. I'm throwing cars at people. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you get points as well. 
Yeah, for the first half of the game, I was just enjoying wrecking stuff. Yeah. So I would always want to hold hold it parallel and drop it. I wanted to see bits go everywhere. I didn't really use... I didn't pick up any cards, I don't think, the whole time I played. Um, I was always trying to position... I didn't attack anyone else. I think you did. You tried to attack me. I did. It wasn't me. It was my wife. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, then towards the end of the game, when we're, a lot of the buildings are destroyed, I kind of thought, oh, I've got to try and get some more points because I don't have many. So I spent the, the remaining few goes trying to get those meeples. I kind of gave up trying to get those building parts because they were all half on a meeple, half off, still mm-hmm. on a building. And they can be a little bit hard to get because the rule is that you get the building parts if they're flat on the ground, but if there's anything whatsoever under underneath them, then you don't get them. So a lot of them will be resting on meeples or they'll just be slightly resting on the, mm. the room, which is just a little bit above the board, yeah. so you, it's hard to knock off. That was nearly damn impossible to do. If it's slightly on the board and I'm trying to drop it and it's not moving, kind of got to move on, that just has to stay there. The four of us played it. And I, I think it probably went for nearly an hour. So if four people play King of Tokyo, I don't think it will run that long. No, it wouldn't. So Rampage, I think it's a, a longer game, mm-hmm. only due to the fact that once the main buildings are sort of destroyed, it's a little bit harder to get those meeples out. Yeah, it, it is like once you get towards the end game, then it does slow down a little bit as well. So it does, yeah. With, with Rampage, it maybe feels like it stays, it's it overstays its welcome just a little bit. Now, I just forgot putting your resting your head on a on your kaiju and blo- oh, that's that's the blowing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to do that, but that's because you didn't want to sit on my lap. <laughs> you have to stay seated. So if you if your kaiju is on the other side, you have to get up, walk around, sit down, mm-hmm. and do it. Yeah, whenever you're making a move, you have to sit down. You're not allowed to stand. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't blow any of the meeples because I didn't think I could accurately blow them into an area where I could collect them. Because if the meeples go off the board, they go onto this sort of counter, and if you get four blues or four greens, three, three of any color, then you take that penalty, which was. Lose a, a you, tooth. You or... lose a tooth and another bad thing happens. Yeah. So, so if that happens on your turn, then you suffer the ill effects. Hmm. So you, you want to try and not let meeples run away. Yep. And if they all fill up, the game's over. Yep. So which is what happened to us. I hmm. think we filled them all up. The game can also be over if you knock down all the buildings or if you eat all the meeples. Eat all the... I think we had a lot of meeples left over. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do get sort of like a... It looks more like a T-Rex than a Godzilla, I think. So you get that sort of card, and you've got four teeth, which you can, other people can eat? Yeah, other, if other people beat you up, they get to steal one of your teeth, and they put it inside their, your stomach, so you have like a special little character screen which you hide behind all your meeples and yep. all your teeth. Mm-hmm. So you hide behind that, and if people steal your teeth, it means you can eat less meeples. Yeah. I've never really dealt with a game before that had that sort of physicality about it. Mm. So what we call is it, we call it a dexterity game. Dexterity. So there are more out there that involve that sort of... There are, yeah. yeah. Any off the top of your head? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the ones that I have at home is called Dungeon Fighter, mm-hmm. and the way you play that game is that 
it's essentially like Dungeons and Dragons. You, you're going inside and you're killing monsters. Yep. But the way you kill monsters is that you have to throw dice and land them on the board. And if you miss, then you miss the monster. Mm-hmm. And every if, and every round, the monster kind of hits you and it hits everybody. So you have to try and kill the monsters as quickly as possible. There's a another Dungeons and Dragons type one which is called Catacombs. Mm-hmm. It just got um went through a re-release through Kickstarter. It had been out of print for a couple of years and kind of hard to find. It had kind of dodgy graphics, okay. but the new version looks really, really nice. Yeah, And th- that's you going through and you, you, you flick your disc through a dungeon, you try and kill guys, you've got like archers, fighters, wizards. So, you know, the, the, the archer gets to flick disc and you can do little um, arrow shots and stuff. Yeah. So what's, what was the first game you mentioned? Dungeon? Dungeon Fighter. And you've got that. I've got that. Might have to play it next time I'm over. Is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. It's, yeah. really, it's really good. So these are dexterity games? Yeah, dexterity. Because you're using yeah. both your hands, mm-hmm. you're throwing stuff. Yeah, I, I, I really like Rampage. I like Rampage more than King of Tokyo. I would buy Rampage, I think, just because um, even, because as you said, they're more entry-level games, and they're very cartoony drawings, and the little meeples are almost triangular mm-hmm. with little arms and legs with no features and the blue ones are businessmen i think mm-hmm. there's yeah no the blue ones are journalists yep. the black ones are businessmen the blonde the yellow ones are blondes the red ones are heroes and the gray ones are old people yep so i had a card that was if i at the end of the game if i had more blue journalists than anyone else i'd get 10 extra points and i was pretty sure i did have more Susie had more. No, so Pickle had more. Pickle had more? Yeah, Pickle oh, okay. had more than anyone. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't get to get... I was banking on those 10 points because I was sure I was going to win, but I didn't get it. Yeah, um, I, I, I lost the game by a long margin because <laughs> yeah. I, I just could not seem to eat any meeples. No, I think I got... They kept running away from me. I got only got 11 points at the end. I got 7. Pickle got 21? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so, no, yeah my wife got 21 and your 21. wife got around 19 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. It was a long game. Um, it, it's more of a traditional family game. If you yeah. think about like sitting down and playing a game with the family, it's something that like everyone can enjoy. Mm. Um, it, I'm not sure how much like it's like a fun beer and pretzels game. So like you know going down to the pub, playing it with your friends because you can't really have beer on the table. No, because like shit will happen. Yeah, you can't. The meeples fell off the table a couple of times to mm-hmm. get up and go and find them because when you drop it. They can fling mm-hmm. everywhere if you are outside of your house. Mm-hmm. It, you know, they could go under the couch. They could go anywhere. They could go in your beer, on your pretzels, in your mouth. I mean, so you need a bit of room to play this just mm-hmm. in case they do. And the board's quite big. I mean, on the average table you put in the middle, a meeple is going to fling off the table. Not that that's a bad thing. It's yeah. quite part of the fun. And there is that weird kind of positioning thing where because the you have to sit down all the time mm. and – the you could be positioned in weird ways and you might want to be on the other side of the board, that the perfect way to play with it would be a slightly square table mm-hmm. that's only slightly bigger than the board so you can reach around and do everything. Because I was, you know, s- sitting on my wife's lap and trying to yeah. lean across the table <laughs> yeah. in order to be able to blow on things. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is fun. Like, that, that's a fun thing. I think that adds... Like, it made us all laugh. Yeah. And that's what I want from a game sometimes. Um this, this table we're on now is a picnic table. I guess it would fit on it mm-hmm. pretty perfectly. But, um, yeah, I, I, I like Rampage. I'll definitely buy it. I'll keep my eye out for it and see if I can get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, well, the the one thing that I'd say about Rampage is that I would love it to be just. I I wanted to be able to do a little bit more stuff. Like there was a couple of terms I had when I kind of flicked it and I dropped it and nothing happened. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It did yeah because you you ricocheted off a building, so you moved. You mm. tried again, ricocheted again. Then you have to wait three more people's turns mm. and. My wife had a card that let everyone else have three turns, so your turn doesn't come around for quite some time. Yeah, so I would have liked m- maybe if they could do something just to make it, make it more likely that cool things were going to happen on your turn. Yeah, I'd even like a more, um, not adult version, but instead of like cartoony graphics, big big pop-eyed monsters and funny grins and crazy colored eyes, give me more of like... Um, comic book art or did you like king of tokyo's look more no, no really i don't well that's more comic well yeah, yeah yeah and it's more it's more original yeah like... i guess i did i did actually yeah because um when i was a kraken he looked pretty cool you know big sort of he had like kind of crab mm-hmm. arms and creepy eyes and when i was a pumpkin i chose that because of the look of it very into the halloween sort of look so i grabbed that straight away if if they were to replace these plastic kind of T-Rex things with actual plastic, like Godzilla's. Yeah, instead of cardboard cutouts. Instead of cardboard cutouts, yeah. I think that would add a lot more to the game. Because we are walking along the streets, mm-hmm. and it does look a bit funny, This because the art's only on two sides. Oh, yeah, yeah. But but with Rampage, that you don't want it to be too detailed because they'll get break, broken really yeah, easy. Yeah, it's just me being picky. I mean, if they, if it, if it did look a bit more... Um, true to life, I guess, or true to the movies, I might have been more interested in it. Well, for me, I think I like King of Tokyo a little bit better. Yeah. Um, j- just because I-, I do like the kind of feel of rolling dice and doing stuff. Hmm. I think it does work. It's it, it has some limitations, like you can only really... It's not that great to play on a game night, and you've got to play it with people who are okay with player elimination. Yeah. But it is a nice, a nice good quick game. Um, I have played it at the pub. Yep. And that was, you know, good because, you know, you could play. If you're out, you go get beers. Yep. Um, yep. We didn't use little energy cubes. We had to use dice to keep track of things, so energy cubes didn't go anywhere. Why but, didn't you use energy cubes? Because the energy cubes Too are really small, small and they small. could, you know, go through the little bit on the table. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's um, that's a good point. I, I did like Rampage more. But we'll wrap it up now. Yeah, for next time, part two. We'll be in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I have a book launch tonight. I know it's probably too late when you hear this, but... Uh, but you should tell us what, what your book yeah, is called yeah, and book, where we can get it. <laughs> book is called Everdark Realms. Everdark, one word, realms. You can get it. Um, just type that into um, bookdepository.co.uk. You can get it there for quite cheap. You can go to ouroboros.com.au. I won't spell that. I'll put it in the notes. Okay, cool. I was about um, to say, hell the hell. <laughs> you can go to Amazon and get it. I mean, the price does vary depending on... Should you tell us what the book is about? Yeah, the book is about... Um, it's it's me and two other writers, so it's about um, a comet that goes over this world, and it picks out the new leaders of their tribe, and this time around, something goes wrong and the leaders disappear. What sort of book is it? Is it a science fiction, so fantasy, more of a science young, punk? Yeah, young adult fantasy book. I mean... Adults can read it, kids can read it and enjoy it as well. It's a three-part, so part book two comes out tonight, which I'll be getting ready for in the next hour and heading off to uh, the city. Book launching a pub's always good. Yep. Um, and I am finishing up development of one of my games at the moment mm-hmm. called Hedron. Um, it's I like a, Hedron. 
I'm glad you liked I'd it. I'd like to play it again. It it will be, by the time this comes out, I will have a prototype at GoLounge that you can go and play. Oh, cool. It's uh, it's like a tiny little space game. It's got some nice strategic elements and some card play as well. So what I've tried to do with it is make it like a, a little... Like a, a big epic space game that you know generally takes eight hours to play, and you've got all these complicated tri- tech trees and stuff. I try to condense that down, keep some of the strategy and some of the tactics mm. into like a half an hour to forty-five minute game, but also you know make it so you can kind of push your luck and do cool things. Yeah, it's very strategy based. I I think we played it once through, so I get the hang of it, and then the second time we played it, I was more thinking before I'd move or make sure I eliminate all my options before. And look at my cards more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I really it, like it is very strategy based, mm. so it is quite cerebral. And it uses your dice you should already have. From, yeah, from like role playing. Yeah. So what I wanted to do with this was to make something that you could, you know, buy in a store. Like you could buy a okay. dice and a board and everything. But if you already have RPG dice, you have your D4 through up to D20. You buy a little RPG dice set then you can actually play it at home just by printing out and getting some standard playing cards. Standard playing cards. Yeah, I like that idea of... Uh, do you call it print and play? Is that print and play, yeah. And that's... Is that a genre or is that a, a sort of a... Well, yeah, it's not exactly a genre. It is, you know, I guess like a straight-to-DVD movie <laughs> in the way that, you know, they're they're, they're not necessarily yeah. genres. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of uh, Mobile Frame Zero where you, you re- should already have Lego. You build it, you read the rules, you set up some yeah. library fight around it so it's it's something that i'm trying to you know make happen because i like designing games but i can't always get things manufactured in china because it takes a lot of time so this is me starting out and getting things to the public and there'll be more news next time so we're not going to announce what part two will be about no it's a secret it's a secret it's hidden underneath the bunker (laughs) i am looking forward to part two i've already done some research already i bought one game that relates to it and i am going to buy another one that's how keen i am on the next one But we will speak to you then, so roll high or go home. Pop, pop.